All right, week two is over. We're looking ahead to week three. But first, take a little step back, look at the games from this past week, look at some good matchups, see who went 2-0, and who moved down to 0-2, who caught their first win, who caught their first loss and moved to 1-1. and Plus, look at some waiver wire targets that are hot this week. Then I am lucky enough to have on two guests. Separately, the 11th and 12th place members of your fantasy football league, Tom and Owen came on and they had some stuff to say about why they were in the position they are in and what they're going to do to fix it. And then we move on to week three and look at some projections and see where it is from there. All right, and let's get right into it. First game back I got up is Jake, the commissioner versus Owen, former last place recipient. And it's looking bad for Owen. I think he's probably got to be one of the first guys in the league to start pressing that panic button, honestly, because, one, he was in last place last year, and, two, he hasn't had any bit of a rebound. Um, I would definitely be pretty scared if I was him. So Jake moves to 2-0. He beats Owen 116-86.4. to Owen moves to 0-2 on the year. And some things to get into besides Owen with a scary start, I'd say, and Jake to a pretty hot start. Uh, Jake scores 116, which is pretty good. He had a bit of a come down, obviously. He had a, the most scored points last week, up around 150, 160. So he comes down a bit, but still, 116 was pretty high for this week, uh, still. I think that was either the top two. I would have to look back and check, but I think that's still second or third for the week. So Jake's obviously in that top three scoring range for two weeks in. We'll see if that can continue. And the good thing for Jake is he does that, and he has a bit of a more realistic approach for his running backs and his team. So Derrick Henry may be a good pick. He comes down a bit. He goes from 25 points week one to I think it was 16, 17 week two. So he's still getting great production out of him. Marlon Mack definitely had a big fall off. He only finished up with six or seven points there, uh, which maybe is what is more realistic than that 25-point game week one. I don't know. We'll see. Those are pretty sporadic scores. So there seems to be something there for Jake. The team seems pretty well. Juju Smith-Schuster and Julio Jones went off. They had good weeks. So Jake, as what looks to be a solid team, if there are any power rankings out, I would definitely say Jake is a... in the top three realm of the league for right now and he also should note he had a Mostert from the 49ers picked up I'm pretty sure he picked him up I'm not sure if he drafted him or when he picked him up but Mostert on the bench for Jake 22.6 I can't really tell what's going on with that 49er backfield Mostert had 22.6 Matt Breida had 13.6 and I believe there's another guy in the waiver wires that's in that backfield with the 49ers that also had a pretty decent week. So Shanahan seems to be just using a big timeshare. Tevin Coleman's going to come back eventually. I think it's not too too bad of an injury, so he'll be back in a few weeks. So I don't know. It's a bit of a risky backfield to play anybody out of, but there's definitely production there. So that could be a good pick to pay attention to for Jake. See me see if he trades him off maybe or holds on to him for value. Going over to Owen's team, just a just a rough loss, 86.4. You're kind of hoping for more points. I always try to say that three-digit range. If you could get to 100, that's where you kind of want to be. 
So it wasn't a great week. Uh, the big standout here is Alshon Jeffrey getting zero points. I similarly had Deshaun Jackson, and he had zero points. I'm not sure what was going on with the Eagles offense this week. Uh, Alshon took 11 snaps, I believe, or maybe it was six. They both, between the two of them, had less than 20 snaps and came off the field. So Alshon getting zero was pretty rough for Owen. Latavius Murray getting less than three. Sammy Watkins, I think this is the more realistic approach for Sammy Watkins. I think six receptions, 49 yards. It isn't exactly what I predicted, but I really think that's the more accurate version of Sammy Watkins that you're probably going to get. And he's probably just a high-ceiling, big-risk-type wide receiver because it seems that anybody can go off in that offense at any point. So that's probably what Sammy Watkins is going to be for the rest of the year. And I don't know what Owen does with his team at this point. Because he's got some talent on there, and unfortunately Melvin Gordon, I don't think that's a good situation out in L.A., almost at San Diego. Uh, Gordon is kind of fucked. I can't imagine anything good's going to happen. The only thing, like I said, week one is if he gets traded, because Eckler had another good week. So Melvin Gordon's kind of in a bad, bad spot, putting Owen in a bad spot. Tyreek Hill is out for a few more weeks, I believe, so... I don't know what Owen could do. Maybe he has to start looking at some trades. Um, I don't know. I would just be worried if I was him. I would definitely have him in the bottom tier of this league, probably a bottom three teams, just based on the fact that he's 0-2 and that his team just looks worse than the other 0-2 teams. The, I know we're only week two in, but this is where you start to see some consistency with teams and whether teams can consistently score the right amount of points or if they're just going to be consistently bad teams i think owen's leaning towards a consistently bad team so curious to see where that goes moving right along the next game up may come as a surprise to you when i tell you anthony fair has beaten mike amott that's right anthony has moved to 2-0 and on the year i believe everybody's surprised he himself is probably surprised but it was a good win for ant he wins 103.6 to Amont's 91.4. Mahomes led the way for him. Mahomes had over 440 yards passing and four touchdowns. And that just led the way for the, the team, honestly. McCaffrey had a pretty down game for Anthony. He had less than seven, I believe. D.D. Westbrook have to point him out again because I knew this would be a tough spot on Anthony's team. D.D. Westbrook's just not that good. And maybe he'll catch a rare touchdown every, then, every now and then. But he got one reception for three yards on Sunday, and that is not who you want in your flex. Put him on your bench, Ant. Go find somebody else. Maybe Robbie Anderson, slot, slot him in there. But Anthony's team looks pretty solid. Uh, he was able to score over 100 points, and that was with McCaffrey having a bad game, with his flex getting .8 points. I mean, that's pretty impressive. So kind of like what I said week one, he has a lot to build around. Uh, you don't expect McCaffrey to get less than 10 points that often in the year if not ever again and you kind of hope Mahomes kind of keeps his pace right now so Anthony's got a solid base to work around it goes back to what I said he needs to keep checking that waiver wire he needs to be possibly looking at a trade I'm a little worried for him to make a trade I don't want him to fuck up his team and get rid of one of his better players but he's one or two pieces away he's one lucky break on the waiver wire away like a 2016 or 17 CJ Anderson pickup or something like that. He's one of those players away from just changing his team and becoming one of the top guys this year. I really believe that. Do I think that's going to happen? No, I don't. I, I really don't. 
I think that his team's probably going to stay pretty similar to how it is now, and he might even trade away McCaffrey or something like that for a bag of marbles. So we'll see what he does. I think he's going to play this year safe, honestly. But he needs to hit the waiver wire a bit and try to find somebody to add to that team, somebody to play that flex position because his bench just isn't that great. Amat, on the other hand, solid performance, under the 100 mark, but pretty solid game. The big question mark here for Amat is, like, when is he going to change out his quarterback? You don't want Kirk Cousins starting for you on your fantasy football team. I think that's just a fact. Kirk Cousins less than 10 points. And honestly, I think that could be a game that's just pretty standard for Kirk Cousins, especially when he goes up against a pretty good team. So I think Amat's got to move on from Kirk Cousins. He does not have a bench quarterback, so he's got to hit the waiver wire here. And maybe make a trade. Talk about that in a second. Um, Amat's just got wide receivers all over the place. And this is one of those games that Amat could have got the W if he played the right players. Robert Woods getting 5.2 points. And Calvin Ridley on the bench with over 20. That would have sealed the game for Amon and got him a W. But um, he didn't play him. But what Amon has is unbelievable bench talent right now. If you need wide receiver, you need to go look at Amon's team. Pause the podcast. Go look at Amon's team and go work something out with him. Because he's got four guys on his bench again scoring almost over 10. Three of them were over 10. One of them was over 20. And the other one was 9.4. He's got plenty. And his starting wide receivers are already pretty good. Galladay with 21.2 or something like that. Galladay playing great this year. Robert Woods, you're expecting more than five. So if you need a wide receiver, you need to look at Amat and try to talk to him because he's definitely got him. I don't know if Amat wants to trade anybody. That's not really his style. But He's got seven guys now. I think he's got to he's got to trade somebody, or else he's going to keep having these games where he might lose because he played the wrong one. So maybe trade for a quarterback, trade for a tight end. But Amat's team is solid. I would not be worried about him. One on one, he'll bounce back real quick. And I have myself and McGann up next, which was a pretty close game for a while. Not bad. I moved to two and zero on the year. Uh, great start, and McGann moves to 0-2, which is really unfortunate for McGann, uh, which we'll get into. But I win with the score 104.5 to McGann's 91.3. So I'll start with my team. I definitely changed up my lineup a bit going into this week once I saw Chris Godwin go with 22.3 points on Thursday Night Football. I did not trust Aaron Jones after that Bears performance. And I really had no idea what the Patriots were going to do with Antonio Brown. I thought that they might put him out there. I saw that they were going to put him out there, but I thought that he could just be a decoy and he might get one or two catches for nothing. It was a, it was not like that. Uh, he had a pretty good game, 14 points. So it was close. I could have really messed myself up there. But my bench pulled through. I played some guy. Matt Breida got 13.4. James White still did a good job. Uh, the one downside was Deshaun Jackson which I did not think was going to happen, but kind of what I've said about Owen's team with Alshon, going back to that, I don't know what the Eagles were doing. I think Deshaun had 11 snaps and Alshon had six, if I'm right, and neither of them were targeted even once, so I don't know what happened that game. Still waiting to hear what's going to happen, but I have depth now, and that's the main takeaway. I think I have one of the better benches. I was really shook 
after week one when my bench did almost nothing and my starters kind of slacked a bit too but Aaron Jones put him on the bench he learned his lesson he put up 23 points was one of the better running backs this week so I taught him a lesson there so he'll be back in my starting lineup soon and Antonio Brown filling in for wide receivers Godwin doing great I just got to fix up my tight end play Jack Doyle is really frustrating I don't think he's going to be Jacoby Brissett's guy so I could be looking for a trade there maybe hit up the waiver wire not the worst problem to have but I'm feeling good with my team I think it was a good performance got over that 100 mark 104.5 and I think it shows that my team's pretty consistent and if I can make some moves I can maybe get over a good average of 115 and keep that consistent compete with Jake and Dono and Devins of this league for right now and for McGann it's really rough to see McGann go 0-2. I kind of talked about how Owen's 0-2 and that he should be hitting the panic button. McGann's 0-2, but I think he's a comfortable 0-2. I think his team looks pretty good. Dalvin Cook looks like he would be the running back of the year, MVP of the year. He had a great performance again. Then you move on to just the downside, which was his tight end and his flex. Hawkinson getting such a low I think he only had one reception or something like that so Hawkinson did really bad really poorly Ronald Jones getting 0.9 from the flex I mean anytime that you play another team that's doing pretty well and you have players in your flex or other positions scoring less than two or three points you're probably going to grab a loss so I don't think McGann's team is that bad I think it's actually a pretty solid team he's got to look for maybe a different tight end a bench tight end maybe and just play that flex position a little bit better. But McGann's still an, a comfortable 0-2 to me because he's proven that he could score a good amount of points week in, week out. He scored 129 week one, and now he scores 91.3, which still would have got him a W against a few teams in the league this week. So he'll catch his Ws. I wouldn't be too worried if I was him, but I would also be paying attention to the waiver wire and looking for some possible trades pretty soon. I would hate to see him go lose week three and four or something like that and start off that rough. So... He'll catch his wins, but it was a good win for me going 2-0 on the year. Next, I have Trevor versus Manti, which this was exactly the type of game I was kind of expecting from Trevor on week one, and he just brought it out in week two, showing off his great team. I really like Trevor's team. I think he has the chance to be one of the top teams in this league. So we'll get into that, but Trevor wins. He goes 1-1 one one on the year with a score of 108.1 to Manti's 0-2 record now with a score of 97.1. So pretty close game till the end, but I think it was pretty clear Trevor was going to win this game, especially going into Sunday night, Monday night. It seemed like he pulled away there. And uh, Trevor's team really showed that he has talent. I mean, he has unbelievable wide receiver talent. Baker had a pretty good game. Montgomery stepped it up and had a good game which you were kind of hoping he would do. Joe Mixon is the big question mark here. I don't know what Trevor's opinion is on Joe Mixon. I don't know if he wants to get him out of here, if he wants to keep him. But Joe Mixon has two real off performances, and the Bengals seem to be airing it out now. Andy Dalton throwing three, 400 yards a game. So I'm curious to see what happens there because Joe Mixon's a pretty good running back. I mean, he's he was top of the top of the boards last year so I'm curious to see what Trevor does there with him and the one potential move that Trevor has is he has all these wide receivers not only did all his wide receivers have a good week starting this uh, week two but if you look at his bench he had three guys on his bench that all did great too DK Metcalf Michael Brown Terry McLaurin 
all had really, really, really good weeks. I'm going to assume that he picked up Terry McLaurin off the information I gave him last week. I'm thinking he listens to the pod. He's like, wow, that sounds like a great pick. And went out and picked him up. All these little golden nuggets that you guys get to listen to, and then you don't have to do any work. But Terry McLaurin was a good pick. And if I know Trevor, he's going to package those guys up. He's going to, he has six wide receivers that all are really well, uh, doing really well. He's going to package those guys up and look for a running back. He's not going to just trust Joe Mixon to bounce back anytime soon. I give it a week or two. Trevor's probably already scheming. He'll hit the waiver wire for a running back maybe this week. But he's going to be looking to move one or two of those wide receivers and fill in the gap for a running back to make his team more well-rounded, which wouldn't be a surprise. And if Andrews for the Ravens keeps doing this well at tight end, Trevor's got a really, really solid and most likely consistent team on his hands. So look for Trevor to make that move. Also, if you have a running back and you need some wide receivers, he's the guy to probably go to. And I'd probably go to him over Amat because Amat wouldn't trade. Trevor would try to trade. So that's a solid team and a solid bench for Trevor. As for Manti going 0-2, kind of hate to see it because I don't think Manti did that bad of a job with his team here. I said it last week. Manti got over 100 points last week. I said that was pretty good, and I was proud of him not to worry. This week he scores 97. Real close to that 100 is a consistent score now, and his team seems to be doing pretty well. It's just not getting that win, which you just hate to see. You don't want to just go downhill in fantasy football. You don't want the losses to add up because before you know it, you'll be doing stand-up for five, ten minutes in front of all your boys. So I don't know if Manti has to hit the panic button yet. I re- Owen might be like my only panic button guy and Tom, but... Manti and McGann are in a tough position where they should be catching some wins, but they haven't yet. So I'm above Manti. Just stay, keep your head up. Keep your head up, Manti, because I think you still have it. The one question I have for Manti is when is he going to play Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers? Because two weeks in a row now, I believe, Aaron Rodgers has not done as well as Tom Brady. And Tom Brady's just sitting on his bench. He wants to be a Patriots guy, he wants to just waste a backup bench position on a quarterback. Why don't you go play Tom Brady, Manti? You would have maybe won this game if you did. So, curious to see what he does there. Going through the team, OBJ, great week by him. Great Monday night, 160-something yards, touchdown. Top three wide receiver of this week. So, he finally stood out. And then Josh Gordon, really bad week by Josh Gordon. 2.5 points, 2.6 points, something like that. Which, I'm curious now, does that mean Josh Gordon's stock goes down because of Antonio Brown? Because that would really hurt Manti if that's true. I don't know if it will. Josh Gordon won't see a number one cornerback for the rest of the year now. Antonio Brown's going to take all that pressure off. So, it might open him up. Maybe it was just because it was the Dolphins and not everybody could score. But, Josh Gordon, I'll be curious to see what happens with him. Because if Josh Gordon can keep getting the ball in his hands and OBJ's there, I, I, I don't know. I like Manti's team, but you want to see some W's eventually. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. and curious to see if Manti will have the balls to play his boy Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers one of these following weeks. Next, I got one of the bigger ass-kickings of the week. Not a surprise from Ryan Donahue, former winner, just going off this year. 132.8 points this week. Leading scorer of the week. And he moves to 2-0. He beat Devin Duran, 89 points. Devin moves to 1-1. So, not a great week from Dev under that 90-point range that I know he doesn't want to be at. Especially coming off such a hot week last week. 
So we'll go through devs first. Uh, Sean Watson with a bit of a letdown game, 12.9. Le'Veon Bell had a good game, 15.9 points. Devin probably wants more from his third pick in the draft, but I think 15.9 could be where Le'Veon's kind of at. I mean, especially in a game that the Jets scored what, three points in, so still a pretty good game. Devontae Freeman, less than eight, which he was less than two last week. So after talking to Dev last week on the show, I know he's not going to be happy with that performance from Devontae Freeman. I'm sure he could be on the trade block sometime soon. T.Y., another good game. And besides that, I mean, just kind of an average performance from Devin's players. That's what puts him under that 100 mark this week. Just average performances. Nobody really sticking out for him in the wide receiver, tight end, or flex mark. Bears defense upsettingly only put up four against Joe Flacco, so that's got to hurt. Justin Tucker put up 13 for him, so, you gotta, so that's nice to see. But just not much to stand out for for Devin Week 2, so I'm assuming he's going to want to bounce back. I like Devin's team a lot, but what's going to be more consistent? He's now hit two sides of the mark. He's gone up to 140, 150 points, and now he's gone down into the 80s, low 90s. So I'm curious to see where he stays consistent at for week three week four um john ross he picked him up which was a good play if he played him 19.2 from john ross again so maybe that's a waiver wire potential pickup of the year curious to see how that plays maybe devin plays him next year and he's got josh allen on his bench which i think is a good pickup so if you're looking for a quarterback devin's got a backup there that's pretty good 22.2 from josh allen who seems to just be airing it out in Buffalo. Then we move on to maybe the best team in the league, Donahue, the homies. I might qualify this as the best team in the league. It's week two, but two performances well above the average here of the league. And Donahue's team just looks good. They just pick each other up. If somebody has a bad game, somebody else picks them up. So Dak Prescott, almost 30 points again, 27.7 from him. I will say from Dak, I'm curious to see what happens to him and what Donahue does with him once he starts playing some good teams. Because Dak has just aired the ball out on the Giants and the Redskins, who are obviously two of the worst teams in the NFL this year. So curious to see what Dak Prescott does against better competition, and then curious to see what Donahue does with him because Donahue's backup is Big Ben, who is now out for the season. So that could be a real blow to Donahue's team if Dak Prescott becomes inconsistent for the rest of the year especially above uh, against teams above 500 david johnson pretty average game chris carson average game nothing not much there landry with a pretty average game but this is where donahue's team is good those players are all able to go over 10 15 points on any week and the weeks that they don't you think he's going to grab a loss nope he goes and scores 132.8 points because Moore scores 13.4. Travis Kelsey puts up 20.2. The Patriots' defense puts up 35 fucking points against the Dolphins. So, yes, you could say that it's skewed a bit in Donahue's favor. Most defenses would never put up something like that. I don't think I've ever seen one do that before. So I get that. But Donahue's team, imagine they all went off in the same week. I mean, we'd be talking about 200 points scored. So I really like this team. And you go to his bench... He's got some depth there, too. Samuel with almost 20 points. Williams with 11.6. Freeman with 12.7. Emmanuel Sanders with 23.3. Not only is his team good, but he's got trading value on the bench. I am very curious to see what Donahue does this season because he's got a bunch of talent. And if he just... I I need to see if he keeps this average up. I'm, like, curious to see what he does in Week 3, what his team does. 
It's the best show on turf, on fantasy football. Let's see if he can keep this crazy average of about 130, 140 points up for week three, four, five, and so on. So good win, Donnie. You another fellow 2-0 person. He is just bouncing right back off his win from last year, similar to Owen bouncing off his loss and going 0-2. Some things just do not change in fantasy football. All right, last and definitely least game of the week. It's Tom versus Jeremy, a battle of two 0-1 teams, two blind squirrels trying to find their nut, and Jeremy finds it, pulling out a 96.2 to 88.8 victory over Tom. Tom moves to 0-2, Jeremy moves to 1-1. What a close, bad game we had on our hands. And we'll start with Tom. Tom... Tom, 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 Tom. Tom starting Cam Newton, 11.3. He's got to be hating it. And honestly, I'm just curious to see what Tom does with him because I don't think he can just get rid of him knowing that Cam could. I'm going to be big, big could here. Could go off at any game. He'll probably put him on his bench. I think he has to start Kyler Murray next week and take a chance with him. And besides that, Gurley, 14.2. And I think Gurley's just showing that he is probably just a RB2 at this point. I don't think he's that RB1 anymore. He's not going to be a guy putting over 20 points on the board, over 30. I think he'll have a few real standout games. He's still got that potential, but just the way they're using him and everything like that, I think he's going to be more of a 10 to 15 kind of guy, which is fine. Good potential for Tom and something to build around. And then Tom's wide receivers had good games. And I would say that what really brought him down is George Kittle getting less than 10. I mean, you would expect more from an early draft pick like that. I mean, I think Tom would like to see a lot more from Kittle. If Kittle had a 15-point game or anything like that, Tom grabs the win here. And then Matt Prater getting negative 2. Similar to Kittle. This game was close. So Matt Prater getting negative 2 is huge. If Matt Prater was just an average kicker and put up two field goals, Tom would have won this game. So Tom could have had the win. It's not like he really shit the bet on this one or anything. Just uh I would just be worried if I was Tom's team. He doesn't have much of a bench. Larry Fitz is there. He's doing all right. So he's got that maybe as value. But he doesn't really have any backup running backs here. So he's really stuck there. If James Conner is hurt, I mean, Tom is going to be starting. I I don't even fucking know, honestly. Tom's going to be really stuck. He's going to have to hit the waiver wire because his bench is not doing well. So I I don't know what Tom does in this situation. He has to figure out what he's going to do with Cam. I think the easy solution there is just say, fuck it, put Cam on your bench, don't drop him, don't let somebody else pick him up and maybe take all, like take what could be something that's amazing. So you can't drop him, but you just play Kyler Murray and see where it goes from there. And as for the running backs, he's got some value at wide receiver, but he doesn't have much value to trade. So Tom is definitely in the lower of the board for this year, and I don't know what he's going to do. I think we just make fun of Tom because I always kind of expect him figure a way out and maybe go from 0-2 to get like four wins in a row or something like that like that's kind of what I expect but I just don't see this year I don't think Tom Tom's team is that good and I don't think there's much potential from his team either so his stock is dropping I would be worried if I was him and curious to see where that goes just remember Tom put himself as one of the top teams in his own power rankings so don't forget that as for Jeremy's team I like what they did. I like that Goff finally stepped up. I said I liked Goff. I think Goff could put up about 20 points per game pretty regularly. Fournette, an average game. Sonny Michelle finally getting his points. He got 1.5 last week. Now he got 12.5. That's kind of what you want. 
Austin Eckler, 20 points again. Eckler could be the steal of the draft because who knew that he was going to go off for this amount of points? What really hurt Jair from going over that 100 and having like a, just an, a very, very good week is the fact that Najoku got a concussion and was out for the game, so he put up zero points. That's really what held Jair back. 96.2 is a respectable amount of points. And not that I always say that three-digit mark, if you have 100, you're feeling good. So 96.2 with a guy that scored zero points. I like Jair's team. Um, I definitely wouldn't put him in that lower ranking of teams. He definitely is in the middle, and I think if he makes some moves, he can steal the show a little bit. He's got some stuff on the bench going on. He's got Hardman, 14.1, Cole Beasley, 10.3. So he's got some stuff on the bench if he wants to make some moves or a trade or anything like that. But the main story here is what Tom's going to do with his team and maybe battle it out with between him and Owen for last place this year, which would be interesting. All right, moving things right along. We've just gone through all the games, looked a little deeper into them. Now we move on just the weekly recap a bit. And the league seems to be broken up into thirds for right now until we all start getting after each other and playing each other. So there's a top third, top tier, 2-0 guys, Dons, Jake, myself, and Anthony. And now we got the middle tier of 1-1 guys, Devin, Amat, Trevor, Jer. And finally, the bottom tier, 0-2, guys to be worried. Tom, McGann, Manti, and Owen. And just quickly look at the stat leaders for week two. We'll go through the league. We got QBs, Mahomes, Jackson, Prescott, 31.6, 30.9, 27.7 points, respectively. Another bad week for the white quarterbacks out there. Hopefully see one on there soon. For running backs, Dalvin Cook leads the way again with 26.6. Aaron Jones came in with 23. And Mostert on Jake's bench from the 49ers, 22.6, comes in third there. Very curious what the 49ers are doing with that backfield. Guys are splitting carries all over the place, but they seem to be rushing it. There seems to be some actual talent there. Wide receivers, our first waiver wire guy to lead a pack around the league, Demarcus Robinson. Get into him a bit when we talk about waiver wire stuff, but... He led the way with 32.2, nobody that close to him because the following guys, Odell Beckham Jr. and Julio Jones come in second and third, tying 25.1 points each. For tight ends, Andrews from the Ravens comes in first with 21.2. Travis Kelsey follows behind by 20.2, just one point short. And for defense, the absolute standout. I'm very curious if anybody has ever even beat this. If This feels like a record with the Patriots defense scoring 35 points themselves. What a week. Good thing, Donnie, you played them. Makes you question, should you just pick up any defense that's about to play the Dolphins? Um, which is, I think is a fair question, especially seeing the Patriots put up 35. So that is your weekly recap. So, as I alluded to in the intro, there's two guests on today, which is pretty cool. I think people heard how fun it was to have Devin on, and we're like, okay, let me get on that. So, Owen's coming on, Tom's coming on. I'm just going to go back-to-back on these. So, Owen was a fun interview, talked about why he's in 11th place, and there's definitely some laughs in there. Owen has some stuff to say, and there's definitely some sound bites you could take away from it. Tom, his interview sounds like he's kind of talking from the bottom of a mineshaft. I don't really know what happened there, but... Might have to turn up your volume a little bit, but Tom has some good stuff to say, and I think it was good to have him on because everybody kind of wants to know what Tom's thinking because he's in last place as it stands right now. So, worth a listen. 
skip around. I don't really care. Enjoy. So today I got on a different guest. We got on Owen, which I'm glad to have on because I feel like he's got something to do to the league after going Owen two to start off. If Owen, you combine does... it with last year, I think I'm um, two and fifteen. I was gonna say the the big thing here is you just came in last place. I've just witnessed you in a dress not that long ago, less than a month ago, and you're starting off Owen two. I mean, how does that feel? You have to be worried to start the year. Um. Week one, I was pretty positive going into it. Um, and then Tyreek gets hurt. Melvin is just uh, wearing dresses around the place for fun. And um, Sammy Watkins just goes off my, my bench. Three players on my bench outscore my entire team by, I think it was like 30 points. Um, <laughs> and then this week, no one does fucking anything again. So I'm starting to get worried a little bit. Um, but at the same time, my team is just falling apart. I Valshawn hurt, fucking Tyreek hurt, Melvin's still out. We're we're gonna figure that out. So so, um, I'm, I'm at the drawing board. So, um, so week one you score sixty three points. It is two weeks yeah, in. But week one you score sixty three very... points. Week two, week two you stepped it up and scored eighty six point four. So you bumped up twenty points. But you are still the second lowest amount of scored points next to Tom. Tom's in last just by two points more than you, or two points less than you. You scored 149.7 points in two weeks. That's something that certain players in the league have beaten just week one alone. (laughs) How are you going to improve this? I mean, if you really look at my team, there's just a couple people that are underperforming. They're very inconsistent. they're consistent at the wrong times. Like some guys are going off one week, other guys are doing nothing, and then the guys do something, and the other guys do nothing or get hurt. So I just needed it all to come together one week. Maybe catch a bounce or two here with someone else. Someone else's team having a shitty week. Get that first win of the year. Get the momentum going, and then it's all uphill from there. Melvin is supposed to be back week six to eight. The the people are saying my insider sources, Tyreek. <laughs> no timetable, but ho- hopefully soon. And um, who knows? Maybe I'll. Maybe some guys will start stepping up. I, I mean, Allen Robinson's getting his targets, but Mitch Trubisky just sucks, I guess. And Vance McDonald had a good week last week, and Trevor stole Mark Andrews from right under my toes. And um, I don't know. We'll see how my team goes as the weeks progress because there's a lot of injuries going on could shake up the whole fantasy league so let me ask you start you start off oh and two do you are you just holding off with some patience are you hitting the waiver wire hard is your eyes on the waiver wire are you thinking about trades or like where's your where's your head at with those ideas um i've been in a couple trade discussions this morning not any to my liking just people trying to take advantage of me i think (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> not naming names <clears throat> um, but people just want guys on my team that they're just trying to take advantage they're hurt at the time but when they come back they're just electrifying uh, waiver wire uh, I was I'm, I like the two spot and at the two waiver wire I do have Tom in front of me so he's he's back in the league too so I mean he's probably looking to make some moves I'm thinking of going with Robinson from the Chiefs but at the same time it's hit or miss with Watkins, him, and, and Hardman, or whatever the fuck his name is. They're all eaten. 
So it's like it's hard to it's hard to pick. I might just hold out for an, another little while and see where it goes from there. If I hopefully have the one spot, but it's right. the wire is gonna have to get hit soon. My receivers are good. It's the running backs that I'm just struggling with. But Peyton Barber had a promising week last week. It's looking like he's the clear starter in Tampa Bay. So we'll see. So like you said, it's two weeks in. You're zero two. There's obviously no need to panic too much but let's be honest if you lose next week and go oh and three are you hitting the panic button uh no there's still players like manti in our league that i'm not worried about well i was gonna say you're oh and two manti is oh and two and that's your week three matchup somebody has to get a win there <laughs> <laughs> well, well all right now that you mentioned it i didn't look at the week three yet <laughs> if it is manti and i do lose then maybe i'll start to panic a little bit who else is oh and two McGann's 0-2. Uh, McGann's 0-2, and Tom is 0-2. There's four people 0-2. All right, so... And next um, week, you guys are the only ones that are having an 0-2 battle. So somebody between the two of you actually has to get a win. All right, I'm just looking at the other 0-2s here. I don't mean anything because I'm obviously, over the past two years, the worst team there. But <laughs> McGann's got Michael Thomas, who just lost Drew Brees for a couple weeks. He's got Ronald Jones as his flex. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, but he does. All right, all right. His his bench is all right. It just needs to come along. Tom is Tom, and I will always be scared of him in fantasy because even though he's never won, he is. He just sounds like he's knows everything, and I don't know why it bothers me, but it does. I mean, that's the sometimes. problem with Tom. Tom says he knows everything. Tom has the worst teams. Like like, there's no lying. Statistically, has the worst team this year so far, um, even more so than you. And I think everyone's just scared of Tom, but I could actually see Tom just not winning many games this year, and he could just be full of shit. So. I would – I mean, as much as I would have loved to see Tom in a dress because it would be almost impossible to find one that would fit him, <laughs> um, I would also enjoy seeing him play the recorder in Penn Station. But I can't say anything <laughs> because it might be me again. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, I would open up some shit talking, but I guess you're not really in a position to do much, much of that. No, not yet. But I will still dabble because I don't care. I wore a dress to a bar. Shouldn't have worn underwear, but whatever. It does happen. <clears throat> All right, any other thoughts from you on anybody else in the league? If there is any shit talking, anything you like from um, the guys in the league? Let me, let me ask you this first. What are you thinking about the PPR? I love it. I think it yeah. just adds a whole new component to uh, – it, it's just more scoring. Everyone likes more scoring. Like, it's just – it just That's makes true. the receivers more valuable. And if I had – if I calculated it properly, I maybe wouldn't have gone receivers as early as I should have, even though I jumped – I'm rethinking my whole strategy, but that's too late to worry about. Um, other than that, with people – I'm very proud of Anthony. He's just – his team looks good this year. But it is Anthony, yeah. like you said last week. So – Never know. Yeah, I mean, he's he's projected to win again this week. Uh, not that the projections mean much by ESPN standards, but I mean, Anthony seems to have put put his homework in. I, I, he's been doing some studying. He's been really. Well, putting, he, I think he's actually I, really been trying. You hard. guys made a good point last week. I I smiled to myself listening to the point last week he made about how he did his research on Donnie. I never even thought to just look at the teams from the year before that one. <laughs> But Mahomes and just – that's, And that's is, why you're scoring lower points. Yeah, exactly. I just try to do my own thing, and I'm clearly not good at it. The only time my team was ever good was when I fucking fleeced Anthony for Jamal Charles at one time. Um, 
<laughs> but other than that, I don't know. Donnie looks good this year, too, again, even though his defense is putting up fucking 35 points. But Dak, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, um, other than that, your team's looking good. Dr. Fair is just – Trevor with a bounce-back week. Yeah, um, I mean, I really I, like Trevor's team. I said it last week. I think Trevor has a nice team. He's just very well rounded. real weird – Really weird coincidence of just nobody really having a good week the week one. So, I like his team. It's a very well-rounded team. All right, so team. let me let me get a closing statement on week three from you. Are you guaranteeing your first win over the 0-2 Manti squad? Is it, am I getting a guarantee, or are we hitting the panic button? <laughs> are you, if I lose, am I hitting the panic button, panic button, or am I hitting it now? Well, you don't that sound confident like you're going to get a W against Manti. Because I'm I'm two and fifteen, I think, in the past two years, so I can't fucking start. <laughs> I can't start talking shit. But it is Manti, so I'm hoping. I'm just hoping my team finally pulls it together as one. Oh, ESPN's got fucking ads now. Um, but I don't know. After the week that fucking some of these guys on Manti's team had, Odell, even though it was the Jets, Josh Gordon, now facing the Jets. Like, the top – Manti's top four or five look good, but bottom bottom of the – not looking great, but I can't really say anything. Um, I'm just hoping that my guy – I've been making some GM mistakes. I would have had a lot closer games um, this year if I – just didn't blow it on the GM side, but it's the beginning of the season. Eventually, we'll see who's who's who and what's what, and we will go from there. I'm not worried. Not guaranteeing a win. I'm just saying, don't be surprised if I blow Manti out this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll leave it at that. I'm sure I'll have you back on, and we'll see how your panic meter, how that's doing in the future. So thanks, All right. <laughs> thanks for coming. It was a pleasure on. being on. Talk to you later. So right now, I'm lucky to have on the big tuna. Tommy Morales is on to join me. Again, he needs to come on because he needs to talk about this brutal start he's had to the fantasy season. Tommy, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. Besides the brutal start to my fantasy season, I'm on the verge of suicide between that and the Giants. But uh, besides that, everything's good. Not bad. So... Walk me through this 0-2 start. Like, where's your head at with this? I need just your honest opinion starting 0-2. How, how did this happen? Was it the draft? Is it how you're managing? What's, what's your reasoning right now? Uh, week one, I just think week one was a, a fluke of a bad week. Like, it really just 70 points that happened. Everyone has a stinker here and there. Week two, I got to put that on myself. I can't believe I went back to a dumb, cock-sucking Cam Newton. And my kicker got me negative, too. Fun fact, between weeks one and two, my quarterback and kickers have combined for 13 points. Not going to help you win some fantasy games. Yeah, you, uh, after two weeks, you're, you're just underneath Owen. You have 147.9 points in two weeks, which is something a few teams in the league have already beat up by themselves in the week one. So. I'm very aware. I'm very aware. I, we were talk, I was talking with Jake that, uh, yeah, even if I put up 100 this week, I would have lost him week one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so how, how do you approach that? I wouldn't know. I'm 2-0. But how do you approach that? You're 0-2. You don't, you, you don't want to go on a losing record. You don't want to get too many losses totaling up. Do you start looking at trades? Are you hitting the waiver wire hard? I see your number one going into this week. 
Like, where, how do you approach it? Do you just stick with the same team and have some patience? Um, I think I have to have patience, one, because I do still really like my team as avoiding injury. But James Conner just got nicked up. Uh, just got to make some adjustments. Maybe Larry Fitzgerald and Kyle Murray might have to enter the lineup. I need a kicker that will get me positive points. Uh, but most of all, this week coming up against Devin is a – I'll say it. It's a must win. It's a must win. Week three is a must win already, huh? Yep. Looking forward. I have Donnie week four with George Kittle on a bye. So that's going to be a tough matchup. So uh, I don't, if, I, if I lose this one, I'm looking at 0-4. Right. That's yeah. It's a rough spot to be in, and I wouldn't be doing my duty as leading this podcast if I didn't bring up the talk of the fantasy group chat, Cam Newton. Just give me give me a monologue on Cam Newton right now. What you think of him? I mean, I've had this fucking poor, fucking stupid monkey for so many years, and now he's just starting to bite me in the ass. I mean, the dude can't move. He literally (laughs) he doesn't move, and, and he throws. I mean, Ryan Donnie has better accuracy than Cam Newton. It's just it's wild to watch. Trevor says Curtis Samuel's open all the time. Everybody's open and he just can't do shit. So um he he might be dropped by the time this is released, if we're being honest. Um I'm pretty sick of his shit. Pretty sick of how he looks and pretty sick of everything about him, if we're being honest. Yeah, so does that mean Kyler Mur- uh, Kyler Murray's looking for a start this week or are you oh, gonna oh, look for waiver wire options? Kyle, Kyler Murray will be starting this week. And okay. Kyle Murray will be the spark to turn my team around. All right. And I wanted to get your opinion on Gurley for this year. I said you'll hear it. I'll talk about it. Gurley got 10 point something first week, 15, pretty good solid week this week. Do you think that's his max? Do you think his, he's limited touches? Like he's not going to be a 20 point, 30 point back again, right? Or do you uh, think he has breakout I, potential still? No, I still think he has 20 point, 30 point weeks. I just don't think uh, I should be expecting 20 points, 20 points, 20 points. I think the range this week, I think, is like probably his, I think, what I expect of him. 15 points a week, anywhere from 15 to 20. I mean, he still gets, he's still getting 19, you know, touches a game. He's out snapping Malcolm Brown. It sucks because it seems that every time he's out, the Rams throw the ball well, and then they end up on the goal line with Malcolm Brown. But besides that, not too worried. All right, and uh, I've been asking everybody that comes on, anything that catches your eye in the, the league so far? It's been a hot topic that Anthony Fair is 2-0. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Like, like last week, the Anthony Fair strategy of following Ryan Donahue. Um, Ryan Donahue might be like the analytics of fantasy football. Just, just quarterback and running back. Just you need the best quarterback, a running back, and a tight end, and then you'll be all right. Um. Anthony. I would absolutely read a book of analytics fantasy football by Ryan Donahue. I mean, it, it would be must read. Number one, New York Times number one seller, for being honest. Uh, he will fuck it up. I guarantee it, Anthony. Right now, yep. he's doing all right. He will fuck it up. I mean, his team is really relying on these guys. I mean, it worked for Donahue, so I can't say anything bad. But the team I really want to talk about is – I mean, Owen's going to be wearing a dress again. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm Owen too. I know what my points are the same, but if you just look at these rosters, I mean, this guy starting like, I don't even know who he's going to start next week. No Tyreek Hill, no Melvin Gordon. This team, Alshon's hurt, I'm pretty sure. You could yep. be, yep, like, and uh, yeah, Owen, uh, Owen's, uh, I mean, at least he looked 
decent in the draft, so it won't be too bad when he's uh, playing the recorder in the subway. But uh, <laughs> right right now, so, I feel good about that. And uh, my boy, my boy Manti's looking out for me being a bad team too. So we're uh, we're gonna chill together with that O two squad. So you think that o- the O two squad right now is Owen, you, McGann, Manti? Who has the best record by the end of the year? You? Uh, I. Honestly, that's not even – I would say myself from again. I, I don't see my team right now pushing for a championship, but it's definitely not 0-2 material or 0-1 and material. I'll tell you that. All right, and I've been asking everybody this and get their opinion on it. What's your opinion on PPR so far week two? Um, Half-point PPR has been pretty good. Uh, not treating me well, actually. You know what? I retract that. I'm 0-2 with it. Kind of hate it. <laughs> kind of sick of it. Um, I voted for Standard, myself, Trevor, and Jake, uh, selfishly. I never wanted Standard. Yeah, we know, we know. And I did not want to give that up until I finally got a chance to win one. But time moves on. I suck at half PPR, too. I think that uh, I think it kind of sucks. And I might just retire at the end of the year. Uh, well, that would be that would be a shame, Tom. We wouldn't want to see you go. We don't know who would make fun of then. Oh, you got Anthony and Owen. Yeah, that's true. But if Anthony keeps winning, you know, I mean, tides have turned. I mean, come on, dude. He's like, he's like the cowboy. Something bad's going to happen. <laughs> All right. I need to leave you off with, are you going to score 100 points in week three? Can your team do it? Oof. Oof. I'm not even asking for a win, Tom. <laughs> 100 points. 100 it's points. a must-win game. You said you're calling must, week three a must-win game. It is a must-win game. Uh, I'm gonna set the uh, yes at a. Uh, it's a pick 'em. Let's go minus one ten. I guess I'll take myself. <laughs> I think I can crack. I think I can find the right kicker to get me to crack a hundred. No cam, new kicker. Look out for a new Tom. Yes. All right. Thanks, Tom. All right. Thanks for having me. Be healed. See ya. And now we'll take a look at the waiver wire for week two, do a little weekly look through, and we'll start with the quarterbacks. Jimmy G led the way, 22.7 points for him, followed by Andy Dalton, 18.6, and Case Keenum again on the board, 16.7. So if you're like Tom and you're starting shitty-ass Cam Newton, maybe I'll take a look over there. Case Keenum's been up there now twice. Andy Dalton, I think, was on there last week. Andy Dalton seems to be airing the ball out a lot this year, so... I don't know. Jimmy G gets paid a lot of money, too, so maybe this should be what he's like every week. So there's some quarterbacks out there if you're really desperate. For running backs, it goes back to this running back committee of the 49ers, Wilson Jr., 15.4. And I don't understand what Shanahan is running over there. I have not watched the 49ers game, but Matt Breida with 13, and Jake's guy had 22.6, and now Wilson at 15.4. I mean, that's 40 or 50 points just from the 49ers running back. So... If you're in for a committee and you want to take a chance, Wilson Jr.'s out there. Wilkins from Buffalo followed up with 9.1. Pretty solid for a guy I don't know much about. That seems to be another running back committee with Frank Gore having a pretty good week. I think he had 15 points this week. So he's out there. And Rex Burkhead, again, in the top three for running backs. Another committee, 7.8. So if you're struggling, you got a guy on your bench that's putting up low numbers. I mean, Burkhead's been on the board now two weeks in a row could be worth taking a look at moving on to wide receivers marcus robinson 
the uh, Chiefs guys that we talked about, he led the week for all wide receivers, so he obviously leads the week for availability of wide receivers. 32.2, that's a committee of wide receivers over there in Kansas City, so it's kind of a make or break kind of game week by week for those guys. But once bye weeks start coming up, he could be worth the uh, pickup, worth the start. Then you have Nelson Aguilar, who had 20.7, which it's a little skewed because... Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey didn't play, so obviously somebody had to catch the ball over there in Philadelphia. So once they come back, I don't know how valuable Aguilar actually is. And then Goodwin from the 49ers, which the 49ers just had a good game. They put up a lot of points this week, so somebody had to catch them. I'm not sure what his actual value is, but Goodwin came up in third with 15.2 points. Tight ends, you got Disley from the Seahawks. He had 19.5. And then Greg Olson at 14. Good to see him back on the board. Trevor dropped him, I believe, so he's out there for a pickup if anybody's looking for a tight end. And finishing it with defenses, Texans and Falcons led the way with 11 points each if you're really stuck on a defense. And now we'll take a look at uh, week three. We'll look at the early projections. Obviously, people will move some people around and some waiver wire movement, but we'll look at some early week three projections. And we'll start off with Jeremy, one and one, is projected to beat me, actually. 106.3 to my 103.7. So I'm a three point underdog against Jeremy. I'm pretty ready to prove that wrong. I'm pretty ready to put Aaron Jones and Antonio Brown in the starting lineup and see what they can do I might make some moves too so we'll see if that stands but Jeremy is a three-point favorite against me in week three next up we have Manti versus Owen which will be interesting because it's two Owen two teams I have said I like Manti's team I think Manti is due for a win I don't like Owen's team I think he should be worried he could be on route for an Owen three start and the projection is Manti 106.7 to Owen's 100.4. So Owen is a six-point underdog right now. Opening up. Next game up, we have Amat versus Trev. Two one-and-one teams battling for their second win. Trevor is a eight-point underdog. Amat is projected to score 101. Trevor is projected to score 92.8. Curious to see if Amat will make a move or if he'll start Kirk Cousins in this week. Then we have Anthony versus Jake, a battle of 2-0 teams. One of those guys will catch their first loss of the season. And Anthony's favorite in this game, actually, 108, the highest projected score for the week. And Jake, 105.5. So Jake opens up as a 2.5-point underdog. And the last game of the week is Miserable Tom's team, 0-2 versus Devin's team. And Tom is projected the lowest, 95.7. Devin is projected 101.1, so Devin is a six-point favorite opening up for week three. Some big games. I'm excited to see that 2-0 battle between Ann and Jake, and curious to see who will get their first win in that battle between Owen and Manti. So that will conclude the episode. Week three, I'm ready for it. I think we're starting to see the consistency of certain teams and seeing what teams are about to take over, what teams are about to drop off, and it's only going to get proven more and more. Bye weeks are going to start coming up. Trades are probably going to start being made. So 
it's exciting. We're in the full swing of things. There's been some great feedback for the week two episode. So enjoy, and I'll be back next week.